0: Welcome to Inside Michigan Business Podcast. This episode is made possible by Dell for Startups, providing solutions for all of your startup needs at special savings. Check out Dell's top business class PCs and accessories and register at startupnation.com forward slash Dell to save on Dell's awesome lineup of best-in-class laptops, monitors, and accessories. Today on Inside Michigan Business, we've got Nick Manis, technology and finance reporter at Crane's Detroit Business. Welcome to our podcast Inside Michigan Business. Great to have you, Nick.
1: Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so these are interesting and dynamic times to be sure. Lots of change, lots of things morphing uh, as a result of, you know, macroeconomic issues and everything else. We're going to talk about what's happening to the kind of the venture and angel early stage investing. We'll focus primarily on that, but it comes now against the backdrop of a really interesting announcement that Detroit is now the number one emerging startup ecosystem globally.
1: Yeah, that was quite an announcement to see. Yeah, this organization called themselves Startup Genome put together a pretty interesting ranking. They had some, uh, some methodology that really was able to quantify something that is, is hard to quantify and, you know, put into some interesting buckets, funding, talent, uh, kind of the connections that that startup ecosystems have, and put all that together. And and they showed that Detroit is the the number one place for all of that.
0: Which is really amazing, you know, uh, coming in right behind Detroit, places like Minneapolis, Hong Kong? Yeah, Hong Kong. (laughs) I mean, really?
1: That definitely uh, caught my attention. And so, you know, you know, I guess it's, it's hard to define what all of that means. I'm sure that you could find plenty of, uh, of startup
0: entrepreneurs out there
1: in Detroit and other who would take some issue with that. But certainly it shows that Detroit and the region is doing some things right.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, of course, all of these studies spit out a result based on the methodology that's used. Clearly, this particular methodology really worked in our favor Not that, I mean, you know, this is really exciting for those of us who love Detroit, work here, participate in the startup community, in the, you know, in the the ecosystem here. This is great news. Many of us would say, you know, something we've felt and believed in for a long time. The world just hasn't recognized it. But- There's a lot of great startup communities out there. This is quite an honor, quite a distinction. It's a big feather in Detroit's cap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I imagine that the startup world and some of the policymakers are going to be touting this pretty hard over the coming weeks and months.
0: Yeah, yeah. Detroit actually makes a move in this study uh, up 13 spots from last year. And, uh, you know, some of that methodology focuses on availability of early stage funding, investor activity, number of scale-ups, unicorns in the ecosystem. That's something that we really scored. particularly high on, I think we have more unicorns right here in the Detroit region than than most other states have. Really powerful stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely was interesting to see. And, um, you know, definitely the unicorns, you know, keeping an eye on that. And the other part that stood out to me was, you know, of the four buckets that uh, that that report looked at to do their, their grading, you know, the one that Detroit fell a little bit short on was funding. And you know, I, th- I think if you ask any uh, startup founder, that's probably going to be their number one thing too. Is is access to capital is always going to be the uh, the biggest challenge?
0: Yeah. Well, that study may have found us lacking relative to others. In a May twenty twenty one article in Crunchbase, Michigan was recognized as the fastest growing state yep. for VC investment. So while there's clearly room for improvement, we're making progress. We're the fastest growing. Right. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. I think. Uh, I think. You know, th- that's what all of the. The studies and, you know, again, you got to take all of those with with a grain of salt. But if you look at them and start to to kind of piece together the the trends, yeah, definitely making progress.
0: All right. So that tees us up nicely for some sobering news, challenging news. You know, it's never easy being an entrepreneur, never easy being a startup founder, visionary CEO, whatever it may be in the leadership ranks of a given startup. But it's going to get harder. Yeah, I
1: think surprisingly what we saw over the last couple of years, especially, you know, set against the backdrop of the pandemic was, you know, the the economy recovered quicker than anybody thought and venture capital and and startups, you know, rode that wave. And the way that, that founders have been putting it to me is it's been a founder's market for a while. And it has been,
0: right. Meaning really the leverage shifted to the founders. There was a lot of money, a lot of money chasing deals these venture capital fund managers have pressure to place that capital. Yep. And uh, they were making bets maybe ah, a little more loosely than they might otherwise were. The belts weren't tightened as much as maybe they should have been. It was the nature of the beast during that economic climate over the last few years. Yep.
1: Like you said, you know, that money has to go somewhere. And so if you were a founder, you've been able to more or less name your valuation and, you know, you were going to get venture capital, uh, competing against each other to uh, do that deal.
0: And so, Nick, you just published an article in Crane's Detroit business, the title of which I'm going to repeat, it certainly sent a shiver down my spine. Being in the business, uh, we've got a startup incubator here and so on, so I'm very familiar with the environment for sure. Your title of the article was, Startup Founders, Venture Capitalists, Prepare for a Chill as the Market Slows. And indeed, I think it's well said and very appropriate. We are indeed headed for... Tougher times and really, as defined by, most primarily, you mentioned the importance. every startup founder thinks about, how am I going to fund my company? And not only the initial round, it's not just startup, it's the follow-on funding for growth capital and everything else. And of course, the type of capital that feeds the beast at the startup level for these startup companies is typically venture capital, angel financing, the type of financing that's equity in nature as opposed to say, you know bank loans and right, so on. Right. So that's what we're talking about here. Just put context on it. Boy. What did you find out, Nick? So, I mean, you know, I,
1: th- I think, you know, if you watch even, you know, just a little bit of, uh, of news right now, you're going to see that people are worried about the state of the overall economy. Inflation is raging as you, you know, go to the grocery store or, uh, or put gas in your car. War in, uh, in Europe doesn't help any of that. And so, so you put all that together and people have a pretty down opinion of the economy right now. The stock market keeps getting crushed. And at some level, that that starts to ripple into all of the private markets, which includes venture capital, angel investing. Those people are also feeling the pressure and feeling not as optimistic as they were just six months ago.
0: Yeah. Is this purely an issue of when the public markets are down, optimism is down generally, so there's pullback on investing? You know, people get more cautious by nature. Is this really that kind of thing? Or is it more than that? How does activity in the public markets and even things like inflation, consumer issues, how does that impact venture capital investing?
1: I think it's hard to draw a, a direct comparison, but the private markets are a reflection of the public markets, and you know, as, as capital contracts in public markets, it's eventually going to lead to ripple into the private markets, and so if there's Less than a sense of optimism or even a sense of of pessimism about the overall economy, then, you know, venture capital investors are going to broadly feel that same sense of pessimism.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there's another thing, too, to add to that, and that is that one way a decline in public market positivity, if you will, affects the private investing, the venture capital investing and startup investing and so on, is that ultimately the payday for these venture capitalists comes from either an acquisition uh, by another company or it comes by taking a company public. And when the public markets dry up, some of those exit opportunities dry up. My money may be in the deal longer than otherwise, may not be able to get it out. So I'm going to be really cautious about where I put it, where I park it. And again, the way these funds are ultimately judged is IRR, internal rate of return, not only money in, money out, but also time. And if the time horizons are going to be stretched to get in and get out because the markets, the public market's down, boy, that's going to have an impact
1: absolutely and i mean you know, I, I think it can't be ignored i'll, I'll tread carefully here because i'll, I'll you know say I, I you know i don't have any specific knowledge of this but you can be sure that some of those unicorns that we've you know found here in the metro detroit market or elsewhere that probably that we we've known have been exploring ipo opportunities or spac opportunities whatever that might look like for their exit you know those plans are certainly to say the least being reevaluated at the moment so yes that's exactly it The biggest chill, at least initially, will be felt at the more mature stage of that. Those unicorn companies that have a few rounds of financing behind them, they're gonna be the first ones to to feel the the crunch of this.
0: Yeah. And so one of the things that happens when there's less dollars pouring into the startup community, but yet you've got a certain level of startups seeking that capital, even worse, needing that capital. That's where things get really dicey for startup companies. But the effect of all of this is that valuations come down deal terms get tougher for founders to stomach and deal with and live with and all those kinds of things you know all of a sudden the leverage goes to those with the money and those placing their bets and so startup founders you know you use the word to chill it's going to be a very vastly different and changing environment for them what do you think the likely fallout from all this could be
1: well i think it's it's you know to to start with is just what you said venture capital investing is not going to go away because that that money is still there and they still have to put it to work one way or another but it, as we as we said from the outset you know for a couple of years and probably well before that this had been a, a founders market now that's probably going to shift to where you wanted that $50 million valuation, you, you might have to settle for a $30 million valuation. Right. If you want the money,
0: these are our demands. Yep.
1: Good luck. And, you know, I, th- I think you're going to see that play out in a few kind of fundamental ways. Uh, as we said, you know, lower valuations, probably, you know, down rounds from, you know, if you had a, a seed round, your next round might be, you know, a little bit of a lower valuation. And, you know, I don't think that there's any shame in that. That's just what you got to do to to get by and, and weather this economic climate.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for those people who may be listening that may say, well, you know, that's one little tiny little sector of business. That's the little startup community and so on. That's not really my thing. I'm either a big corporate guy or maybe I'm just a consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, venture capital doesn't affect me. Startup companies don't affect me. Well, in the, in the long run, of course, they do. From a consumer perspective, you wouldn't have an iPhone. You okay. wouldn't have Amazon. You wouldn't have Google and, and on and on it goes without venture capital helping get these companies off the ground. So it does have a direct impact on people's lives. But more than that... Maybe more subtly intangibly, you know when you have a vibrant startup ecosystem, it really is a cool culture mm-hmm. you know it brings a cool factor to a city, it attracts tech workers, it helps with the you know the economic base yep. uh, in the region i mean the, the, these things have far-reaching implications when you have a downturn in the in this sector of the market
1: absolutely, absolutely, and you know I, th- I think it's you know it's probably too soon to say you know what's going to happen on on that end of it, but yes, probably te- companies are going to hire more reluctant to to make big hires right now because, yeah, they don't know when that next payday is going to come and they don't know what that paycheck is going to be exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, if there's any silver lining to look at, it's that maybe we're coming off an era where a lot of money poured into these funds and there's still funds with some cash on the sidelines that can and needs to be deployed ultimately.
1: Right. And I think another good way to look at it is... Things had gotten a little bit silly in terms of some of these evaluations, and, and as one venture capital investor put it to me, you know, Metro Detroit in the the Midwest tends to be a little more conservative than than some of the the coastal areas, so we might not feel it, you know, quite as much. But um, valuations gotten very high, and you know, it was becoming hard to justify those valuations, and so you know, bringing that more into line with reality could probably be a good thing in the long run.
0: Yeah, and I think certain sectors are going to feel this more than others. You know, there was a time, I'll share a quick story. I, I mean I was maybe roughly six to nine months ago. I was at a an event where various companies were pitching and you'd have a biotech company pitch or another type of high-tech company pitch. And then somebody got up to pitch, we've tied this to the blockchain. We're using NFTs to drive consumer. Oh, you, slide number two, how much money do you want? Are yep. you asking for thirty-five million? Oh, what's the valuation? A hundred million? It's a pure startup. I'm in. Yep. Ridiculous, yep. ridiculous, and that was happening because you know that's the fad. It's the novelty of it all. It's what's hot at the moment and trending. You know, there were a lot of deals like that getting made. Those are going to be the first to go. Uh, sound fundamentals are going to come into play now more than ever. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, you know, I, 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 we've seen crypto has been getting absolutely crushed, killed right alongside the stock market, probably worse. So you know, you know what what becomes of those startups? I think is anybody's guess, but it's probably not going to be the best situation.
0: Yeah. So as you peer into your crystal ball, you know, what do you you see? I mean, when and how does this turn around and will it turn around? And if so, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I I think we're probably seeing some lag right now. We're definitely seeing, well, I mean, that's kind of the hard part is if you look at the, the broad based economic data, you know, the labor market has never been better than it is right now. And yet everybody's feeling this sense of pessimism about the economy. So, you know, does that then manifest in a recession? I I think that remains to be seen. So kind of depending on those broader macro factors will ultimately determine, you know, whether this is, you know, kind of a downturn that just lasts a few weeks, a few months, or becomes something, you know, bigger than that. And I think it's a little bit too early to pinpoint that just yet.
0: And that's a great point. I think really what it comes down to is, how much of this is driven just by perspective and psychology and attitude and so on versus real economic market fundamentals? And you know, it's obviously a mixed bag, so so yep. beach here. But you mentioned you know kind of the the paradox between how the labor markets are superheated right now, yet, you know, factors like inflation and so on are you know bringing it down the other way, yep. I think the other
1: thing to, to watch for, and you know, one of the the people that I quote in the the story here, Experience matters here and you've got some founders that have that have been through this a few times and, you know, that they have some idea of kind of how to run a company during the best of times and some idea of how to run a company during the worst of times. And then you've also got a, you know, whole new population of founders who have only run a company during the best of times. And now Oof. they've got to kind of figure out, you know, what do I do to run a, a company during a period that's not quite, the best of times.
0: That's a really strong point. Uh, really strong point. Many of us have, were around in 2008, 9, and so on, but uh, we remember what it's like to struggle through a tough recessionary time. And then, you know, others of us—it's been long enough. Yep. You know, young startup founders. A lot of them are young, fresh outs. They come out there, especially as I said, in those you know, those spaces like crypto and NFTs and blockchain and blah blah blah. They've come out, and it almost seemed easy. Yep. You know, like I said, slide yep. number two in the in the pitch deck. <laughs> you put NFT in big letters. Boom. Right. Got the check. Yep. Yep. Well, those times, you know, those roaring times are clearly over, at least for now. Yeah. And uh, and you're right. You a strong point is a lot. There's going to be a lot of testing of the metal here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. And so, you know, I think that kind of brings us back to you know what we talked about with Detroit being earning this accolade of of best emerging startup ecosystem in the world. Take that for what you want, but it means that we've got some experience here, and it means that we've got some people who can help guide some of these founders. So there is some experience, and there is some mentoring opportunities. I think that will matter a lot in the long run.
0: Yeah, and for those startup founders and the companies that they run, this could be draconian, literally. Uh, On the other hand, for those, as you said, that have some seasoning and, and can lead their companies through this by way of experience and so on, it just may mean that, for example, that that uh, IPO, whatever it may be, may have to wait a year or two. You know, there may be some of that going on uh, where where we're just going to have to pull back a little yep. bit and ride it out. Yep. And those that can and do, uh, you know, ultimately on the other end of this, will still have their payday. May have to wait a little longer for it, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean. That it's going to be draconian for everybody.
1: Yes, this is definitely a time of change, and I think it's it's far too soon to say that the sky is falling. But it's it's a time to kind of keep your eyes open and you know lean into some mentoring opportunities and watch your bank account pretty closely.
0: Yeah, watch it pretty
1: closely. Good advice. Don't look at your retirement account either. No,
0: no, it's uh, yeah, just (laughs) just you know what you know what that's actually not just humorous, but it really makes a lot of sense. This is the time you're not supposed to look at that kind of stuff because you're going to make bad decisions. Yep, You're going to make bad decisions that could cost you later. So Nick Manis, thank you very much. We appreciate you being on and uh, great job on the article and bringing it to our awareness, putting perspective on it, making it clear, you know, even though it can be tough medicine to swallow. <laughs> You laid it out there for us, Nick. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Inside Michigan Business podcast. Be sure to subscribe to receive programming notifications and special event announcements by going to InsideMichiganBusiness.com. Follow us on your favorite social media platform and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Thank you for listening.